0: Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. It is not our abilities that show what we truly are. It is our choices.
1: Hello and welcome to Jen Taylor Rerouting, where being rude is never acceptable, but sarcasm is welcome and swearing isn't always a bad option. Let's get started. Thank you so much for joining me on Jen Taylor Rerouting. My goal is that every guest becomes a friend, and I feel truly blessed to know the people that I've interviewed. If you want to know more information about me from being a guest on this show to my virtual assistant services for podcasters, or perhaps you want to be a published author, I have coaching and ghostwriting services for that. You can find everything that you want to know on jentaylor.net. Remember to give a shout out, share, like. Give me some feedback on all of my interviews. I'm happy to join in on a conversation with you. Have a great day. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Christian Simone. How are you today? I am fantastic. I am so happy to interview you. I'm on your website and people can find you. It's called thechristiansimone.com. Super Correct. easy to find. Also, when you do a search, I always do, I, you know, I stalk my guests. So, <laughs> in stalking you, um, you can find your Facebook page. So, tell me a little about who you are right now, and then I want to jump
0: to the past. Okay. Well, I am a 30-something, but I always tell people I'm about 95-year-old uh, woman who is single but is had a lot of hard knocks but is making the best of her episode right now um it's something that to me is kind of fun it's interesting it's not always fun but then in the same breath you're able to kind of look at things and say wow look how far you've come it's like it's kind of like the workout that you don't want to do that day but after you finish you never regret it so that is who i am at this moment that is amazing
1: On your website, you talk about healthy looking different on everyone, which I think is a very important topic. I'm like the Wonder Bread White. I look like I grew up in Southern California. I didn't. I grew up in New England. But (laughs) blonde hair, blue eyes, curvy. You're a black woman. Yes. (laughs) People can't see you, so they don't know. (laughs) Yes, very much. And you talk about fitness for plus size women, and you are bold and
0: beautiful. That would be, uh, those would be words I would call myself. I am, I, I grew up very um, opposite of it, very not bold, very much not confident, but over the years and with life situations, I've been able to change that and really just own who I am and go forward.
1: So let's take that opportunity and jump back. Tell me, what year you were born and where, and and some of your family dynamic.
0: Sure. So I was born in um, actually the day and month and year. So I was born on probably the greatest day ever in life, which was November 21st, 1985 in Dallas, Texas. That's the uh, day, month, and year that I debuted into the world. And for my family dynamic, I started out, my mom was a, single mom, so to speak. Um, she was married when I was, I guess, conceived, but then after my debut, that kind of ended the marriage. And so from there for a few years, uh, grew up kind of in a single mom home. Uh, she then in turn married someone and still currently married. And it just started from there, a very, probably at the age of five, a very tumultuous life, um, was filled with a lot of abuse. Um, And really all facets of abuse. So there's your emotional, there's your physical, sexual, uh, mental, um, everything, financial abuse. It was just that type of life. So I grew up extremely poor. Um, I probably started working around age eight under the table, like cutting yards. And uh, was a housekeeper when I was in high school so that I could have money for not just, you know, most teenagers. They want money so that they can go go with their friends and eat pizza. This was for me to have the basic necessity. So your toothpaste, your uh, deodorant, uh, your feminine products, like, and then maybe to have food for lunch and such and to have bus fare. Um, So I lived a very, I would say adult life very, very early. Um, And so kind of in my younger years, probably around ages, uh, between age 9 to 10, I was assaulted sexually by a family member uh, and then was sexually assaulted again by a what I thought was a friend probably around ages 14, uh, 14 to 15. Um, so when those two instances happened, especially the first one, uh, because I did grow up in a black family, we don't believe in therapy. We don't believe in being transparent and open. Like there wasn't that full house sort of, oh, my God, we're so sorry that this has happened to you. We love you. We're going to support you. Um, that wasn't the case. I grew up with my mom in this abusive family. I just immediately knew, even at the age of eight and nine, that it wasn't good to say that something happened, and so I just bottled it up. Uh, the incident occurred where a its really objective family dynamic. It's my stepfather's grandfather's whether it's, so I guess, a great uncle or whatnot. Um, he had followed me throughout the whole week. And right before we we're going to leave, he came into my um, room where I was while I was sleeping and tried to um, sexually assault me there. Um, I being, for some reason, I was mute but I was able to, I always drew pictures when I was growing up. I always liked art. Art was always like my outlet because of the abuse at home. And so I just began hitting him with my notepad. Like I always had like a big binder paper. And so I hit, kept hitting him and finally he left because he didn't want to wake the house up. And I didn't find until later that next morning, in retrospect, that he had left money behind. So this definitely caused a lot of I would say, foreshadowing for my uh, teenage years. Um, And so that I kept inside for a very, very long time and then um, had the additional assault when I was 14, 15 with the guy that I thought I knew. Um, And he just repeatedly sexually assaulted me throughout the evening. And again, I couldn't say anything because I allowed myself to be In that environment, and so I felt at that age it was my responsibility, it was essentially my fault for doing so. Um, and so that those two things really put a lot of shame, uh, a lot of anger in my life, and then on top of the things I grew up in with a lot of the poverty, just a lot of the things that I was exposed to very early on, so there wasn't this sheltered life, there wasn't this protection that. Most of the people that I went to school with, because I was a very smart kid. That was like my things. Like some kids are fit. Some kids are um, real cool kids. I was a smart kid. I was a fat, dark, smart kid. That was what I was. And so I pushed myself in my academics because that was an outlet for me. It was a way for me to escape what I endured every day going home into. Um, so Over that period, around probably 16, 17, because money just wasn't something that came by easily, I started to um, sell myself for it a short bit over the summer, and an incident where I ended up having more people in the place than what I was expecting kind of shook me up a bit to say, you know, this could have been a life-altering or life-ending situation, and so that ended that, but those things definitely put a perspective of unworthiness and pain inside. And so a coping mechanism, some people use drugs. I was not able to, white powdery substances were not in my financial budget at the time. So the thing that I could get access to was food. And so I used food as a coping. So if I was hurt, I ate. If I was lonely, I ate. If I was angry, I ate. And so the weight just piled on and on and on over the course of the years. Um, even going after I graduated high school and was working because I wasn't able to get into a college, uh, the traditional methods because of my family situation. Um, as I was working, that was another just a means of coping with the lack in my life. I wasn't at a point of able to face what was going on. Um, in retrospect, now looking at it, it's like, I suffered from depression. I suffered from anxiety for good reason for what I encountered at home. The home situation was very volatile. I never knew what was going to happen. So I was constantly on edge, but the only stable thing was food. Food was always there. A little Debbie cake would always provide that high that I was searching for in in my lifetime. Um, So as I got older... And got into college, which I'm a first generation college graduate. Um, I hold two BAs. Uh, will be hopefully going back to pick up my MBA soon. Um, throughout college, it was extremely rough because it was something that no one had done in my family. Like I had truly um, did it kind of the Frank Sinatra way, as so I did it my way. And so,
1: <laughs> well, and I think a lot of what you went through a lot of us go through um poverty at one level or another uh, the lack of kind of parental guidance and building of that self-esteem that is so important that so many people don't get at all and um, you know the are it's a perfect target it's a perfect breeding ground ground for sexual predators and so you experience that and and then food does make you feel good and we know the the information about food and what sugar does in your body. I mean, you can look at the science behind it and it makes sense that eating makes you feel good. And that's nothing else in your life is making you feel good. So, but congratulations on college. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, through all that shit, you know, you still, you still did an incredible, that's an incredible accomplishment. Tell me in growing up, were there people that made a difference that kept you going? We've talked a lot about the trials, the struggles, the sexual abuse and the poverty, but who made a difference to you? Um,
0: I had a few church members because um, I was growing up. Religion was a big thing to me because it was another outlet for me. Um, but I had a few church members that were very uh, loving, kind. And even though they didn't, You know, what I thought back then would be, hey, you see someone going through this, help them. Um, They essentially, you know, kind of gave me an ear to hear, but seeing them and being able to get to go out to different places that I didn't get to go to and I was, as with my family, that kind of helped. But I would say the overarching thing for me that kind of kept spurring me on was just the notion that if I just work hard, I will be able to enjoy the things that people that I look up to or people that I may be, you know, at church with that have more. If I just work really hard, if I can get into college and get a good degree, I could actually be able to wake up one day and have the things that they have. And so that is what really kept pushing me to go forward.
1: And you were good at it. You were good at the education. Correct. Which, I mean, kudos. It's great that you found something positive in your life. Tell me, through this process, was depression an issue, anxiety an issue, and what was your weight doing? And You're a teenager growing up and going into college.
0: Correct. Um, I will say definitely depression and anxiety, but I didn't know what their names were. I just thought that was just the way I was. Depression definitely kept me... um, it stunted my growth through college. So I know for a lot of college, I, I know for my first degree, I suffered really, really bad bouts of depression, would just not go to class, but would do kind of a Hail Mary towards the end of the semester to get everything in and to be able to get the grade that I needed just about. Uh, there was a few times where I wasn't able to hit that mark, which really played with my anxiety of thinking. Cause I was always told growing up, you'll never be shit. You're not shit, and you'll have to have you will have to pay for people to like you and to want you. Mm-hmm. So that was always just kind of inbred, and that was from my stepfather. That was very much embedded in me. So I have this kind of chip on my shoulder to like I'm going to show you I'm going to get my degree and I'm going to do these great things and so my final semester in my first degree I walked out with a 2.0 GPA which was totally not like me but because I basically didn't take the time to self-care and to step back that's what happened I graduated because I wanted to show that hey Look at what I accomplished. I mean, when I got my driver's license at nineteen twenty, because they didn't want my stepfather did not want me to learn to drive because that was a way to keep me in bondage. That was the first person I called to say, "Hey, look at what I did." And so, the second degree going around, um, I definitely was using food constantly as a coping mechanism. But my depression went into hyperdrive. And so February 21st, 2010, I had attempted to take my life while on campus. And the way that was found was that a friend of mine, she kind of, she knew my moods and she read something on a Facebook post I did and that triggered her to start calling me because I wasn't answering. She's like, I can't get to you fast enough. So I called the campus police. And so next thing I knew, Um, as the stuff was starting to hit me, the, uh, the pills I took, I was just like, you know, I'm hearing this ambulance. I'm like, you know, it would be funny if it was for me, but no one gives a fuck about me, so it isn't for me. And next thing I knew, my front door of my campus apartment was about to explode with the campus police coming in to pick me up, essentially. I always look at that day as being a rebirth Of me because it was a I don't know something I'm not hyper religious now but I believe like your higher being your universal whatever you you call it will have you go through experiences that are truly like one of a kind and really don't make sense. Um, the experience I had, the police campus were two black officers. Neither one of them wanted to, as quote unquote, take the crazy girl to the psych ward. And so uh, they flipped a coin, to decide who was going to have to do this deed. And so the guy who um, lost the coin toss, um, he was very begrudgingly, threw me in the squad car, um, almost choked out being in handcuffs. that would never been in And luckily his uh, lieutenant came by and was like, oh my God, she's about to choke out. You can't put her in there like that. And so um, that whole ordeal of seeing people in the psych ward, or in the ER actually, was really eye-opening. It's like, even though my life is really screwed up, I saw a lady whose blood pressure was like 500 over something because she OD'd on uh, cocaine. And another lady who had just basically took store people's pills, put them in a candy jar, and was just taking stuff at random. And I'm like, you have been able to get a degree, hold down a job. You don't have any kids. You don't do drugs. You don't drink. Yet you have still been able to hold it together in spite of what you've encountered. And so that was eye-opening to me. Um... And then hearing the cop, and and even now, I sometimes think about it, and it's just like mental illness, depression, it's seen for in the black community, it's not acceptable. And as he said, you're black, you're not, that's a white girl thing, that's not for black girls. You're supposed to be strong. And I'm like, that's why I'm here now, trying to hold it together and be strong. And so after that ordeal got, um, the doctor luckily didn't admit me. He's like, you haven't slept in four days. And you don't cry, you don't communicate. And that's why you're here. And so, but I'm going, I want you to go home. I want you to get some sleep. I want you to get a lot of rest because the pills that you took is gonna make you do that. And you will, you need therapy and therefore you're, you're going to get better. Um, and so after that, I still use food. And so I had gotten up to like 350 pounds. By the time I graduated with my second degree, um, looking at past pictures, to my looking at myself now it's like who is that person It's like my face had morphed into something that is not recognizable, and so that was my kind of where I was going through that time frame
1: so you really felt like everything in your situation was overwhelming, and i 'm not minimizing that, but When you compared it to what other people were going through, you realized like you really kind of had your shit together. (laughs) You know, I mean, you were really lucky in a lot of ways, even though it was a really hard situation. Am I kind of getting that right?
0: You are. I'm a very reflective person, very self reflective. And I can, even though my stuff was not great, I mean, it definitely, a lot of the experiences were not great. I can still try to count the gratitude in even in the really ugly, mucky situation.
1: Right. And that's a great quality. And I never knew until now, every culture has um, unique characteristics. And I didn't realize in the black community that therapy was looked down on and that you had to hide everything so much and you're supposed to be strong. So that's like in my community, you just get a therapist and you get that (laughs) shit fixed. (laughs) Correct. don't do it right either we don't we don't have the answers either but how interesting that that's how you felt your whole life and that you just didn't want to do it so was that that's a big deal Christian I mean like that a suicide attempt is a big deal and and you knew now that there was somebody that cared about you also I would think
0: well at that point in my life I was very uh, empty when it came to people of support. Like, I had the one person I did have in my corner was my roommate at the time. She was older, and God bless her. She definitely had to go through some not so great stuff with me being in that depressive mode. But because she was in getting her master's in social work, that at least allowed her to have some insight on what it is I'm dealing with. Why am I acting this way? Why am I so withdrawn? And why do I do what I do. And so that definitely helped me because when she when I finally got to go home, I remember thinking I was just gonna be able to ease into my room and unfortunately she locked both locks. She was like, oh no, you're not just gonna get to slip in your room this time and think this is just going to go away because she found the suicide letter when she got home from work. And so she was, I was frantic trying to find you, but because of HIPAA you know, laws, they can't release that sort of information over the phone or at all, really and truly. And so that, with her, she definitely helped kind of get me through that really hard period after that attempt.
1: That's pretty fantastic. So
0: tell me what your degrees are in, just for reference. Sure. So my first degree is in political science. I had a goal and dream to be a great attorney that was going to show the world that I was somebody. Um, but I came out of college in 2009, and that's when the economy boomed badly. And so I went and got a second degree in interdisciplinary studies with a focus in HR and communications because I felt like, okay, this will be a little bit more safer avenue for me to get out into the world and find work.
1: Okay. So very different. And, and uh, you are the smart girl. That's for sure. (laughs) So (laughs) you said your weight got up to 350 pounds. Mm -hmm. Is that the highest? That was the highest that it was?
0: That is the highest that I believe for me, frankly, that I accept it. Okay. I probably had been higher but I wouldn't get on a scale. I I knew my health was getting kind of bad at an early age because I was being told you're going to have to be put on high blood pressure pills. This is why your your ankles look like you're 9 months pregnant. Um why I was so out of breath. Um it was it was definitely not a good not a good phase for me. You didn't
1: really have a good barometer of what a healthy woman looked like though or what eating a healthier diet looked like, did you?
0: Well, I knew what a healthier woman looked like because I hated her. I felt, I felt very like I would never be able to get to that state growing, especially growing up because I had relatives that were athletic and slim and fit and I was always pitted against them. And so for me, a way of coping with the fact that I was not attractive, my family told me, if you just get skinny, you'll be, you know, the world will open up to you. People will want to like you. People would want to be around you. I hated that. And so I was just vowed to never be skinny. And then it got to a point when I was growing up that I did develop an eating disorder. I became bulimic uh, because I just wanted to... I wanted to be liked up. I wanted to be wanted. Um, And this is in middle school having this sort of binging and purging situation. Um, And so as I got older, um, it was always something in my back of my mind that if I could just get skinny. So I would go like, a few weeks of hardcore working out, eating really healthy, and then something could happen, or I hit a depressive mode, and then that would just kind of, that shit would just fall by the wayside.
1: Okay, so it was a constant yo-yo. So, we've got some depression and anxiety in here, a suicide attempt, bulimia. I mean, these are, like, big things, and you're, you're feeling pretty alone through all of this very much. And if you weren't alone, it was a negative. People were being negative in your life.
0: Correct. Like being again, being a black woman, these are things that we don't talk about because again, these are quote unquote, air quotes, white girl things. This is not something a black girl is supposed to have encountered, but I have always, I've never been as as black as I am and proud as I am of it. I've never been really truly in the black community. I've always been kind of a quote unquote black sheep, so to speak of the black community because a lot of the ideologies and philosophies, I just never meshed with me. And I believe that the issues I had were People issues. There wasn't a color that was attached to it, not really even gender to a degree, but some of it is gendered because these are when for women we have always been taught, even throughout the black community, that you're to look attractive for a man. That is your goal in life: is to be attractive so that you can be found by a great, financially set man and be swept off your feet and you know live the nice white picket fence life. I had no idea that was the goal.
1: That's probably where I screwed everything up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when did the website, you have a blog and you have the website. When did that, where did you make the shift? This is a huge shift. So coming from a suicide attempt and negativity and 350 pounds, depression and anxiety, bulimia, like big stuff then you have this that's not the woman that i see so where tell me about how that shift happened and where it came from and what happened with you to make such a dynamic sure
0: Sure. So I graduated in 2010, the end of 2010, so in December, and I was out of school. And so I was like, okay, I have all this time. And so it was right there in that January 1st, you know, resolution. I'm going to lose this weight. I'm going to, I do graduated out of college now. So if I can just get skinny, then my whole world can open to me. It can be a brand new world, like Ariel. Uh, and <laughs> that could be my life. And Little my theme. And so at that point, I got an email from the YMCA, and they had a special where you could do $11 down, $11 a month, and there was a YMCA like four minutes from my parents' house because I was having to stay with them um, right after college, and I couldn't stand being there, of course. And so I was like, okay, I'll go to the gym. And so it got to where I was working out twice a day three times a week I'd get up I'd be up at six o'clock in the morning work out, go to work go back and go back to the gym again because it was again an outlet for me to get out and I started slow even though I have never been an athlete or anything things just kind of came to me naturally like okay don't go crazy trying to work out five days a week and all this start out with three days a week and so I would go twice do kind of that um fast and cardio, and then do uh, more cardio, and some. then I finally picked up the nerve to go do the weights. With, with fitness, I love it so much because I like to challenge myself. I know a lot of people, especially women, we don't want to kind of be around the weight room. We don't want to do anything that's going to make us look kind of weird or off and so I found love with the um, with the weight room because no women were there and I enjoyed being able to lift and to be able to build muscle and become stronger so from the course of 2011 to about 2012-13 I had gotten I'd lost about 100 pounds naturally which was great it was wonderful it was definitely an ego boost it felt great that I felt I had my life in order because I'd gotten to a point where I was working out five days a week without fail. Like, my job at the time, they were like, uh, where's Christian? They was like, what's time is it? Oh, it's 4.50. Oh, she's in the bathroom changing clothes. Because I literally would go from work in my workout gear straight to the gym. Like, that was the next destination. Not home, but straight to the gym. And work out for an hour or two. And fr- Since I was single, I'm like, heck, Friday nights, that's where I'm at. I'm at the gym. And so I've gotten down, and I was really loving it. But in the same breath, it was a Band-Aid because I hadn't dealt with the inner woman and the issues I had about the way I looked at myself, how I would deal when things came along. And so I had a job loss and it hit me really bad financially um, and was able to find another job, but it was extremely low pay, so I was really struggling. And so the depression just crept back. And I kind of went back into that depressive mode. And when I'm depressed, I eat things that are not for me. They're not for my body. Um, And so I'd regain some of it. And then the shame of regaining just kind of put me at an edge. And so where I am now in my life, I am getting over that edge. I found a great therapist. Um, So I'm able to kind of face the issues that I have. And I'm able to look at myself with more with compassion for once, with understanding for once. And that has helped me to, where I, that's the reason why I launched my blog. Initially, it was the Plush Cyclist and I debuted um, in 2016. And it was really focused in on just the weight loss and the healthy living as a plus-size woman because in our society plus size and fitness don't coexist for some God awful reason. Like if you're fat, that means you eat Wendy's cheeseburgers every day and fried chicken. And I'm like, I'm lactose intolerant. I can't eat beef and I don't eat fried foods. So that is not a That is not the image of fat that fits me. And so I hear women all the time that say, well, I'm so uncomfortable. I had a baby. I'm uncomfortable the way. I look, or I've always been a kind of chunky or I'm skinny, but I don't have curves. And so they felt this certain way. And I'm like, being healthy doesn't make, it doesn't, isn't your worth. They're not connected. Like that's not a bank account that's connected. So you working out is to make sure that you can live your best life possible without having to worry about your body being a hindrance in the process of doing what you want to do. So if you want to hang glide, great. Don't let your weight be a hindrance because you have maxed out the weight scale of what they'll let you do. Or you're so weak that you couldn't go climb up a stairs or climb a mountain if you wanted to because of your physical physique. I always Um, As I've grown with fitness and lifting weights, because like my peak was being able to leg press 400, no, I take that light back, (laughs) being able to lift 450 to 600 pounds, like that was just one or two reps, wasn't the whole set, but being able to do that, I felt kind of badass, I felt sore the next day, but it was awesome, it showed me dedication, it told me, showed me that I have tenacity, like I look at myself as a beast, because beasts don't quit. And looking over the course of my life, it's like those tendencies and those characteristics have always been there. Because most people would not be able to have gone through the life that I have gone through and be, at least on the surface, I appear normal. <laughs> I appear to be a normal, young black woman in her 30s who, is, who works, has no children, and is not addicted to anything, and is able to do, is able to articulate quite well, um, and is able to live life. And so I started that blog to inspire others, to capitalize my, my journey and to hopefully at least help someone else who is feeling this way. And then this year, Because, unfortunately, fitness, and again, fitness and plus size people, it doesn't garner enough attention. I used to be a makeup artist, because I fell in love with that. And I love fashion, because as I lost weight, I started thrifting. So I'm like, I'm going to incorporate the the three things that really make me happy, which is fitness, of course, fashion, and beauty. And so now that's where the ChristianSimone.com is, kind of has evolved into, but fitness is always the crucifix of everything for me because without it you having a pretty face and having pretty clothes really don't matter if you are not living your most healthy life and healthy isn't just the physique it's the whole woman
1: and that's the first thing you think that's important and I totally agree that it's the whole woman because we've all seen someone who's beautiful man or woman where you, and then the first thing that comes out of that person's mouth, you're like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> that, and they're not as pretty anymore. Right. Right. Um, and so being pretty, certainly that's that you don't corner anything on that one. It is definitely the whole woman. And that's the first thing. In your most recent blog post, you talk about how healthy looks different on everyone. And if you, If you are seeing your doctor, like, I get my blood work done every year. I have a mammogram every year because I'm that age. You know, if you're getting the things done that you're supposed to get done and you have the green light that you're healthy, weight is not the only indication of being healthy. It's one of the indications of being healthy. So, the other thing you talk about is making time for what's important, and I think of that as self- care you're You're looking at it as like if there's things that you want to do, like you said, you want to hang glide or something, you should figure out a way to get them done. And self-care, I think, is also stuff like you're saying if you enjoy something three times a week, do it three times a week. Mm-hmm. like take care of yourself. So what else have you done? You do a lot of the fitness stuff to take care of yourself. What else have you done? And is, how is food involved in all that?
0: So for me, I have, as again, I've been told so many times and even by white people that I am not black because I love green juice. I love green smoothies.
1: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> I really it's
1: not about color. You're right. <laughs>
0: not at all. But that's why I have coworkers and they're very Caucasian. They're like you're not black at all. I'm like, I I look at myself in the mirror. I know what I am, but I found a love for green smoothies. And again, with the workouts and losing weight, it made me want to try more. Like I'm always about one upping myself. Like it's not about competing. And I used to be a very competitive person with everybody else. And that got me nowhere. So I'm like, I'm going to compete with me. And I'm like, okay, what else could I do to make myself as healthy as I could be? And so I started doing the green smoothies and then doing green juices and doing smoothie fasts and green um, juice fasts. um, I really don't eat fried foods at all. Like most people look at me and they look at me dumbfounded like, what? That's like a black person's like flag you eat fried chicken I'm just like yeah fried chicken and me don't agree when I lost so much my body was like so hard stop on beef on pork and we don't like fried anything and we prefer vegetables fish and water like that's what my body prefers and so that's what I try to do to give it that so um, with my job right now I travel a lot like very much a lot. I'm always on a plane. So it's sometimes difficult to eat as healthy as I like. But when I'm at home, I'm drinking my green juices. I have my juicer. I have my Vitamix to make sure I'm getting that nutrients in. I'm ensuring that I eat a very colorful diet because I know that's how I'm going to get my nutrients. Um, I make sure I take my supplements, the natural supplements to keep me as balanced as I possibly can. Um, I'm sitting outside of Nordstrom's right now, so ways of self-care is, you know, going to buy something that I really, really feel would make me feel pretty. Or, you know, indulging in the makeup item, um, taking time to self-reflect is a big, big, big thing to me for, self, uh, for self-care because without it, it just it put band-aids on things and then it festers and then it grows. And now I look at life as if you let yourself do that, it's like a suitcase that's overpacked. If it hits and explodes, all your business is out in the streets. So your panties may have flown over and baggage claim and your bras over somewhere else. It fell against some guy's foot. And so now you're having to like go through all of this junk to get to where you can actually zip up your, your, your luggage. And so I really make sure to look at self for that. Um, And with fitness, it's a continuation. Sometimes I'm in a good steady three to five times a week. Sometimes it's once a week. And I have to say, don't beat yourself up. You are doing the best that you can. Because I look at fitness as a way to help your whole life. So yes, you start to feel better about your stuff. You start to look good. Your clothes start getting, you know, you can buy smaller clothes and all that good stuff. But I really do believe for me, when I, as I lost weight, it helped me to also lose the, negative, the negativity that I had about myself and the negativity that I allowed in my life. So for me, with my family, for instance, as of recent, I've had to cut them out of my life. And it hurts because that's just, again, another Black family thing. You just don't do that because they're family. But I'm old. It's you are you are responsible for what you allow. So if you allow this, then you have to deal with the consequences. However, you have it within your power to change whatever it is you want. So if it's a sucky-ass job, you'll get motivation to say, fuck that. I'm going to go try something else. Um, and, you know, you might – I have my cycle instructor certification because I – Picked up indoor cycle. I adore cycle. So that is, it was scary because I was the biggest girl in the room. But I still was able to get my certification. Um, it could be a man or woman in your life that you're like, you know what? I don't deserve this. I deserve better. And again, with losing weight, that has helped me to want a healthier life, holistically, not just the physical.
1: Perfect. I love that you said that, and you also addressed something else about the competition, you know, you want to compete with all these people. It's amazing we live in a society where every piece of media we see on the internet or in magazines, 100% of it has been altered. So it's airbrushed. It's touched up. Stuff's done to it. So nobody looks like those pictures that we're comparing ourselves to because even that person doesn't look like themselves. Um, it's all airbrushed. And then we have a lot of issues with the mental illness behind eating disorders and obesity and the issues with food. And that's a direct contradiction. And you, you brought up that competition. It should be the person in the mirror. Correct. That's the only person I compete with. And that, and yours is going to look totally different from mine and the person next to us, which is how it should be because we're all individuals. So I love that you brought that up, uh, the, the competition part of it. And that it is holistic. It's not just your weight. So what else can you do for self-care? You got an education and you continue to do that. You got a better job and you'll do that again if you have to. It's not just physical. That's emotional. You went to therapy and that was part of your self-care and helping. Tell me, and and you drink green (laughs) smoothies. You're just going against all the norms. So... What, what else, what advice would you give to that, to your younger self, to that woman who's really struggling with any, any of these issues? What would you,
0: what advice would you give? I would tell my younger self, I would sit her down and tell her, you are an amazing person. You are worth every fight, every ounce of money, every ounce of effort to make you be whole again, and to help you be free of this damage. You didn't do anything wrong. You being born wasn't the reason for anyone to do anything to you. You being poor is not a reason for you to have suffered the way you have suffered. However, you are going to have to fight for what it is that is right for you. And I would focus on helping her to understand that the life that you were sold on isn't reality i was sold on so many different things of if if you get skinny if you make this amount of money if you get a man you will then have this wonderful life it'll be the christmas miracle having the wonderful life and that is a myth everything you can have all those things but if you are not whole inside then you won't get to where you want to be. So I want you to focus on fixing the internal. So get the therapist, journal, get a good support system of friends. You know, your family doesn't have to be family by blood. It can be who you choose as an adult. You get to choose who your family is. You don't have to, you're not bounded anymore to be with family that you are blood bound with. And from there, as you start to build momentum things will start to fall into place. You do not have to do everything at once. You do not have to do things that are not fun to you. And as you do that, understand that your life is important and your contributions to society are extremely important. So therefore, you deserve to behold and the world is a afterthought in the sense that they get the honor and the privilege to even know that you exist and that they even get to be in your presence but you are so so worthy of everything that is great that is wonderful and that is bright and that is you
1: amen holy cow you couldn't i couldn't have summed it up better and that's the information I want to pass on to other people. Do whatever you need to do to get yourself healthy. And that's not just physical. In every aspect, whatever you need to get yourself healthy is what you should do. And we're not in it alone. We're all, we all have struggles. They may be different, but our feelings about them tend to be very similar, I found. Yes. I agree. So tell me what the goals are. Tell me some of your vision. I know you've changed the blog a little bit. You have a lot of really great um fitness and makeup and you know you the beauty stuff's awesome um uh, so where where do you want to take this
0: i really am starting to get more comfortable as a blogger and vlogger so um i end up starting a podcast because i felt that for i understand like business and marketing cuz i love business and entrepreneurship um I end up starting a podcast that is the Christian Simone show It's on iTunes and it, it, it encapsulates more of my life and the journey and the reflection and those nuggets that I believe can help other people because I believe beauty is great. I love it. But, you, there's more to me than just that. So I've been able to share my struggles and it's not always cute, but I, I really do believe that things that you encounter aren't necessarily for you. It's to help other people as well in that process. And so that has, I'm hoping for that to evolve into even more. Um, I have been trying to push more and be able to work with bigger brands that, will encapsulate that, you know, there isn't just one sort of plus size girl. That's another kind of hurdle that in the blogger sphere, a blogger or plus blogger has to be an hourglass shape, small waist, big booty. Um, that is the norm. And I'm having to kind of continue to push forward to show that, being plus size doesn't mean that you all have to look like xyz and again being plus size doesn't mean that we don't work out and we don't focus on being healthy and we don't just do little bitty workouts and like very um light active um with a brand that i am a fitness ambassador with i do youtube videos and it shows work doing a lot of high impact workouts because again people don't believe that big girls can do that and so that is kind of my focal point is to show the world that I'm, I'm not going to show you or tell you rather how what I can do I'm just going to show you and that hopefully if you're smart enough you will then be able to see and be in awe that hey you know there's not one size that fits all in this world and that hopefully will help other people feel that they can be very much um shameless about their badassery and want to show the world that women aren't just one size fits all and i'm hoping as i do that i will be able to develop myself as an entrepreneur and be able to help more people within that realm
1: that's exceptional so let's i want to touch you have the youtube channel i want to touch on the podcast
0: a little bit sure. um, do you do interviews on your podcast I have not started doing interviews on there as of yet. Um, I wanted to kind of, because it's still very new, I wanted to get some episodes under my belt and get kind of the flow of what I want there. But it definitely in the near future is something I do want because I know my story is phenomenal, but I know that there are other people whose story could be just as instrumental as well.
1: I totally agree. I absolutely agree with that. And that's part of why I started my podcast. I thought, well, I could tell my story, but I want to hear everybody else's story. So that's a great way to segue into that. So I want people to know that they can contact you. You're very, I mean, I contacted you. You're you're very open to being contacted. You're open about your story and your life and being healthy and fit and that you, you have a lot of things going on in your life between education and degrees and work and everything that you're doing, and you handle it with aplomb. Oh. I, I'm so honored to have been able to uh, meet with you. Thank you.
0: You are welcome. Any last words? Um, I will say my, my, I guess, life mantra has been uh, be very, very, very comfortable being uncomfortable because that is where you will actually experience the best life you can ever have.
1: Amen. That is a perfect way to end. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you so much for listening in to Jen Taylor rerouting like share and of course comment i welcome input with attitude get a copy of my book on amazon hello my name is warrior princess or check out my website jentaylor.net and if you still want more sign up for one of my coaching packages